Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is September 21st, 2023. Today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter Vision for You, and we are on page 155, the second paragraph starting with our friend related his experience. Going through that one paragraph only, he would do anything, he said, but that. Unpacking all that is in there. And thank you to Team Thursday, Katie G, Barb W, Betsy P, Joni Y, Mary F, our newcomer greeter, Benita L, and the host for the second awesome unrecorded hour, Leah S. The reference numbers for yesterday, September 20th, 2023, 7 a.m., 20,662, that's 20662. And for this 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, 20,663, that's 20663. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover. Through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Joni Y to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Joni. This is Joni Wise, gratefully recovering from compulsive overeating from Connecticut. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, 
thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for the honor of doing service. Thank you so much, Joni Wine. I will now ask for Mary F. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Mary. Good morning. This is Mary F. calling from Virginia. I'm a compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop compulsively eating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me service. Thank you so much, reading the traditions. Alrighty, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, You'll hear me say time. You'll actually hear my timer, too, probably. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. 
In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. We are in the chapter, A Vision for You, on page 155, the second paragraph. And I'm going to ask Katie G to get us started. Grab the mic, girl. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> Good morning. Thanks for your service. This is KG. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Boston. When our friend related his experience, the man agreed that no amount of willpower he might muster could stop his drinking for long. A spiritual experience he conceded was absolutely necessary, but the price seemed high upon the basis suggested. He told how he lived in constant worry about those who might find out about his alcoholism. He had, of course, the familiar obsession that few knew about his drinking. Why, he argued, should he lose the remainder of his business only to bring still more suffering to his family by foolishly admitting his plight to people from whom he made his livelihood? He would do anything, he said, but that. Let me just get my timer going. Yeah, I... um. I kind of chuckled when I read this, the um, the buts, right? Like, yeah, I'll do anything but. And that um, always led me to a relapse. Um, there is, you know, a line in the back of the book that says, um, contempt prior to investigation will lead a man into everlasting ignorance. You know, like I'll do anything but that. And, um, you know, the truth is I laughed when he said he was in constant worry about those who might find out about his alcoholism because I lived like that. Like I really thought that I could hide the boxes. I really thought that my husband had no clue while he was upstairs that I was exercising to lose weight. I had no clue that he saw my extreme weight loss. I had no clue even recently that he saw my compulsive spending. I was in the delusion that the people that knew me the most I could hide things from. And I, I you know, as a, as a recovered f- member of Overeaters Anonymous today, I can't afford to not face the people that are responsible or that are in my life. Like I can't lead a double life. So what, what this man is being asked to do is make an amend, right? Like, yes, the price of a spiritual experience is high. Like you, I have to be willing to give absolutely everything. And there were people that I didn't want to go to that I didn't want to make amends to. I didn't want to tell um, people that I had been at work and um, committing Medicare fraud. Of course, I didn't want to face my problem squarely, but I had to. I can't, I'm not hiding my disease. And what happened to me is when I wasn't willing, I got smashed into willingness, right? Because I would do everything but, and I was smashed into willingness. Um, You know, the but, my butt gets kicked by my butt, by my lack of willingness. And so, for me today, you know, I have to ask myself, am I willing to go to any length for my recovery? Am I willing to live honestly, <clears throat> open-mindedly, and, and willingly? Am I willing to um, continue to live in the steps? Because, you know, although I'm recovered, I'm not cured. And I can still think, oh, you know, I, I, up until a couple months ago, I was charging my credit card. And I thought, oh, my husband will never know that. Of course he does. And then I felt naked when he said that to me. But the thing is, like to live an honest life, that freedom isn't free. And the price of somebody actually knowing who I am 
is amazing. And that's really um, what this story means to me. I don't have to worry in constant worry and obsession today that people won't like me because I have nothing to hide. I can face my life squarely today. Um, and as a woman of honor, dignity, and grace, like you guys all teach me to be. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Katie G, for getting us started. Awesome. Okay. So although we value your experience, strength, and hope, um, if you've shared in the last uh, two last three days or last two days, namely um, Wednesday or Tuesday, we ask that you step aside and allow others to share their experience, strength, and hope. So who would like to share on what was read? Tina S. Rosie W. Janet B. I've got Tina, Tracy W., Janet B. Morgan K. Leah. Morgan. Morgan K. Leah S. Marie Ellen G. Marie something G. Ellen. Marie oh, Ellen. Marie G. Ellen. Okay, gotcha. Marie Ellen. G. How we take one more? Anybody else? Okay, well we got a great lineup here. Tina S. Tracy W. Aaron Janet L. B. More. Oh, okay. Aaron L. There we go. Got that. All right. So Tina Liz S. E. U. K. Liz E, was that Liz E instead of Tracy E? <laughs> Maybe that's what it was, Liz E. All right, Liz E, okay. All right, so Tina S, Liz E, Janet B, Morgan K, Leah S, Mary Ellen G, Aaron L. All right, Tina, you are up. Please go ahead. Thanks so much, Katie, for your, oh, Katie. <laughs> Amy, for your service. Thanks, Katie, for your share. Wow, what a great paragraph. You know, it's just interesting how every time I read the book, you know, something more pops out for me, you know, and I'm so grateful to be on the line. I don't know if I said TNS, Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic from Florida. But, you know, I so relate to this paragraph. You know, as far as my my, uh, compulsive eating, you know, know, the man agreed that no amount of willpower he Mike Muster could stop his drinking or eating for long, you know, because I always share that I was a great dieter till I wasn't, you know, I couldn't, I could muster this willpower for a long period of time, but then, you know, ultimately, you know, it failed me, and that, you know, a spiritual experience was absolutely necessary, so for a compulsive eater of my type, it is absolutely necessary, because I do not only have the allergy of the body, you know, I have this mind thing, you know, my disease centers in my mind, and so to take care of that mental twist, you know, I have to have a spiritual awakening, which comes about, and the transformation comes about through the 12 steps. You know, and if I don't do this stuff, I don't get the, I don't get the deal. You know, I don't get this life beyond my wildest dreams if I don't take the action and do the work. And, you know, uh, one day at a time, I know I want to take the action so I can get the result. You know, and I don't necessarily always want to do it, but I want the result. And so I do this stuff, you know. You know, I, I, you know, make the amends. You know, I look at my inventory. I look at myself because I cannot look at you, you know. And, and you know, I too thought, you know, I was hiding this stuff. So if people didn't see it on me physically, they certainly, if anybody lived with me, knew what I was doing with food or not doing with food, you know. So it wasn't like I was hiding anything. 
you know, wasn't hiding anything, you know. And, and it's interesting, you know, he said he would do anything, he said, but that. You know, I would say that for a lot of things. I'll do anything but that. But, you know, when push comes to shove, let me just tell you, I'll do anything, you know, to, to have the life that I have today and to live free, you know. And what a gift. With that, I'll pass. Looking forward to hearing some more shares. Thanks. Thank you so much, Tina F. All right, Liz E. In the UK, please go ahead, followed by Janet B. Good morning, Liz E. UK. Um, thank you very much for everybody's service today. Um, just want to check, is it the paragraph when our friend related? Yes, that is correct. Thank you. So, um, so my name's Liz E. for Elegant from the UK. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater here in England. Um, yeah, I mean, when my friend related my experience, the man agreed he had no amount of willpower he might muster could stop his drinking for long. And boy, that is my story. Um, I believed for decades that I could master this. Um, and it's only by coming into uh, recovery three years ago that I learned that I have an allergy. I just did not understand this point. I just did not know this point. I thought if I exerted more intellect and power and got more books and learnt more about this stuff, I could do it in my own thinking. But I then learnt that, you know, a spiritual experience um, is what I had. And for me, that spiritual experience is a kind of evolutionary learning. So, um, you know, the way I sponsor is that I encourage my sponsor to think of learning three things today and then, you know, and just build and build and build. And for me, that has been the most powerful thing to do that I learn every day. And for me, this program is a massive program of self-awareness. I did not know that I press the effort button and I mess up my life with my behavior. And it's about what is my part. And that has been my spiritual experience, which has been learning about me and where I mess up and how, you know, emotional sobriety is the only goal because I need to have an equilibrium because I ate to bring my emotions down. I use them as uppers and as downers. Um, and I also lived in fear that people would find me out. You know, those wrappers, those uh, kind of cartons, those boxes, all of that stuff. Um, and I, I didn't understand that I was really hurting people around me. And I wasn't actually very nice to be around. In fact, I was pretty horrible to be around some of the time. But today I can show up and I can do life differently. Thanks a million for everyone. Thanks for letting me share. Bye. Thank you so much, Liz E. from the UK. And before that was Tina S. from Florida. And now we're going to hear Janet B. followed by Morgan K. Please go ahead, Janet. Good morning. This is Janet B. from North Carolina, formerly of New Jersey. Um, so really, this was kind of my story when he was told no amount of willpower could stop his drinking for long. 
Um, but unfortunately, my first six, six and a half years in Overeaters Anonymous, people basically were saying without saying it that you need willpower. Because what they did is they gave me this food plan, which got rid of all my trigger foods, my binge foods, my alcoholic foods, and said, okay, now you have this food plan. Now stick to it. Now you have a good food plan. Um, but it tells me willpower doesn't stop it for long. And even though I had a good food plan, I could not stay abstinent for long. Some people can do it for a year, some a month. I could barely do it till lunchtime a lot of days. Um, so my problem wasn't lack of a good food plan because I didn't have the willpower to even stick to a good food plan. So it tells me what my problem is, is that I need a spiritual experience. And one time about six and a half years into OA, I was at a meeting that allowed questions. And I said, I've been in the program for six and a half years and I still can't stop binging. And this crotchety old timer stood up and said, you may have been going to meetings for six and a half years, but you haven't been in the program. And then proceeded to tell me that the Janet that I was would never be able to stop binging, that I had to become a new Janet. But thank God this program tells me how, and that's a spiritual experience. And to me, that is the most precious thing. On page 25, it defines it. It says, the great fact is justice and nothing less. So they're saying like, we should have nothing less. We should settle for nothing less. Um, a deep and effective spiritual experience. And what does it do? It says it revolutionizes our whole attitude toward life, our fellows and God's universe. Well, when there's a revolution, there's a war. And after a war, things are usually different, right? There's a new president, a new someone in charge of the country, in charge of my life. And that became God. And he changed the way I looked at everything. But of course he had to, because my life was rooted in myself, my selfishness, my self-centeredness, who got me angry, what I was afraid of, what I felt sorry for myself about. And then God came in and had to change it. And just like it says here, I had to do anything and I couldn't have any but that. For me, my biggest but that was honesty. I'll do anything except be honest. If I'm not honest, it's like I'm taking a big Sharpie and writing on my heart, go away, God, because he won't coexist with dishonesty. So I'm just grateful for this beautiful paragraph that reminds me again that um, a spiritual experience is my only hope, but that God is alive and willing to give that to me and to all of us. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Janet B. from North Carolina. All right, Morgan K., you're up, followed by Leah S. Go ahead. Good morning. This is Morgan K., recovered in Manitoba, Canada. Thank you, Amy, for taking the meeting and all the, the great shares. What really stuck out for me today was the but the but that, right? The but that. And to me, you know, that I see I see my resistance in the but that's. Um, Coming from another fellowship, I knew all the things I was willing to do. Like, sure, I'll work through the steps. Yep, I'm willing to believe. Yep, let's do an inventory. But when I got to OA, it was it was all about the things I was not willing to do. You know, the oh, like I'll do that, but not but that. Um, you know, and that included at first like things like weigh and measure and um, calling people every day and even sponsorship at one point. You know, I'll do everything but that, and the but that's you know, or what kept leading me out. Um, 
my resistance, my resistance to thinking that I know, you know, what, what I need and what's right for me. I, 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 me, 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 <laughs> and, uh, when it clearly, you know, says that, that we don't have the power, I don't have the power. And the difference is now I, I still resist things, you know, uh, I can feel it. I can feel my back going up if my sponsor tells me to do something or, um, even when I have an, you know, oh, I need to do a 10, I can be like, oh, I don't want to do it right now. You know, I can feel, I can feel the resistance coming. But someone um, once told me, um, and I'm sure this isn't new to a lot of people, but, you know, if I resist, I must persist. And just that slogan has kept, you know, that that has been a huge reminder for me. And, and the truth is, is that, you know, the I, the me, 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 is the resistance and it's something else that is telling me hey look what you're doing you're resisting guess what's next you better persist you know and thank god right because because that's not me um and i'm so grateful and with that i'll pass thanks thank you so much morgan k from manitoba canada Leah S., you're up, followed by Mary Ellen G. Please go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> Excuse me. My name is Leah S., recovered and grateful in Brooklyn, New York. Um, me too, um, but the price seemed high. It seemed high. And I'm going to focus seemed, you know, my illusions, my disillusionment, my imaginations, my, um, but still, how do I stay stopped? How do I stay, you know, with, with this food and this weight that I finally lost? It was such a biggie for me. Why just, you know, give in to the food? Because it's it's a spiritual experience. I need I'm help. Sorry, I'm sorry. That's not your timer. I beg your pardon. That's not your timer. Just wanted you to not think that was your timer. <laughs> Please go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, just to stay stopped, it means I have to surrender. I really have to surrender. I got to smash my ego out that window, literally literally out that window my ego takes me to such oh i can oh, i know that oh i can do that oh of course i oh no 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 simple keep it simple leah and just do plain just follow the simple rules and then if they become a little difficult get get some help you know there's a big fellowship out here there's a big there's uh, so many meetings out here and that can be explained. Just surrender because you just need to have that equilibrium, that healthy boundary, not too sad, not too happy. Just okay. I'm I'm going on. I'm going on with life. And um thank you God for that and thank you God for being a compulsive overeater to to be able to see that. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Leah S. from New York. Sorry for that interruption. All righty. 
Let's go on with uh, Mary Ellen G. and Aaron L. But before we go on, let me just remind everyone, we are on page 155, the second paragraph, starting with when our friend related his experience. All righty. Yes, Marie good morning. Ellen. Good morning. Go Hi. Good morning, everyone. Um, it's so good to be here. It always is. I'm usually listening as I'm getting ready for work. I'm from New York, from Queens. And uh, as soon as uh, Katie was reading this paragraph, the thing that stuck out to me was his deception, you know, and thinking that people couldn't uh, see, you know, his uh, problems. And it made me think so much how I lived in that deception. Um, I have not that many pictures of me because I was always uh, embarrassed to take a picture and hiding from the camera. But when I do see certain pictures, such a distortion, um, as I was putting a weight on, I'm thinking nobody can really see 10, 20, 30 pounds. I'm actually telling myself this. And I thought about it like my family background is filled with addictions of different kinds. And my family members would feel the same, you know, if they had been drinking, they thought no one could tell. And I realized that the I was doing the same exact thing, but I'm looking at them thinking how crazy they are, how easy it is for me to see the splinter in the other guy's eye and not look at my part, the plank of wood in my own. And this program has just been just glorious to me to be able to come out um, and, and just be honest and um, honest with myself, with my God, with my sponsor, with my fellows. Um, th that's what this paragraph spoke to me. That just yelled out at me because I was only deceiving myself. And in that deception, I just couldn't deal with the truth. And until I could and, and had an ability to have real awareness and really look at it, without like beating myself, but like just look at it for what it is and what it's doing to my life. And you guys all helped me do that. My sponsor did. God helped me. And so I just wanted to share that this morning. And um, thank you so much. I pass. Thank you so much, uh, Marie Ellen G. from New York. Now we'll take Aaron L. and then we'll take some names. Go ahead, Aaron. Aaron, press star one to unmute, please. Good morning, uh, Aaron L. Food Addict. Grateful to be here. Um, this is so powerful to me, and um, every share that I've heard has been even more so. Um, because what's looping in my head is, you know, a little little girl, five years old, I'd get off the school bus you know, needing a hug, right? just needing a hug from my mom, um, who was oftentimes, uh, you know, in her bed, agoraphobic, you know, just the food and carriage and feelings of not being enough and having to try to manage myself on my own and not um, emotionally old enough to know how. And fast forward, 30 years and I do the same behavior, you know, disposable utensils in my glove compartment, going through the grocery store and being in a parking lot, hiding, shameful, and that same behavior, hand to mouth, hand to mouth, hand to mouth, same food. 
um, and carrying such shame and actually believing that nobody knew what I was doing. Um, so this just screams denial to me, you know, didn't even know I was lying. I had no idea. Um, and it wasn't until I completely broke that, um, that I was able to get some sense of honesty around this. And I too remember calling my husband at work, just bawling. I have a problem and it clicked for him. He, it, it just made sense. He, he too, he didn't know what I was doing until he heard the words and it all made sense. I mean, I actually have thank you notes from friends saying, thank you so much for coming to my birthday party or birthday dinner, or birthday celebration. Sorry, you were sick. That's what I would, I would excuse myself and say, I'm not feeling well. Um, so I could practice the, those punishing food behaviors that would just compel on each other. They would just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and it's the grace of God that, you know, came in my life when I was actually able to ask for help that I was able to admit what the problem was. And so I pray every morning, God, please keep me awake. I don't want to fall asleep and slip back into denial about this because there's something so serene to me about being honest, um, just being honest. And, um, you know, no narratives, no stories, just the truth. You know, I am a food addict. And keeping it simple like that um, has given me the gifts that you all have talked about, like serenity, clarity, being present, you know. Um, and I too think about making amends in this program in how so many of mine were, I only showed up halfway. I would laugh with all of you, but I would never share my tears. I was just a half person in so many people's lives because of the food. Um, and that's just not true today. So I'm so grateful to be here. So grateful to hear all of you and I wish you all a great day. Thank you so much, Erin L. Can you tell us where you're from? Yes, I am from Walpole, Massachusetts. All right, Erin L. from Massachusetts. Okay, so we are on page 165, the second paragraph. Who else would like to share on what was read? Lisa B T. Rosie W. Elena C. B T. Elena C. Who was before Elena? I missed. Rosie W. Yeah. Tracy W. Yeah. Ashley S. Oh, I know. You just me out of church and family. Yeah. Ashley S. Share on my meeting now. Okay, so I've got Lisa B T, Elena C, Tracy W, Ashley S. Anyone else? Crystal R. Somebody R. Crystal R. Crystal. Okay. Crystal R. Okay. Anyone else? All right. We got another great group. Lisa B. T. Elena C. Tracy W. Ashley F. Crystal R. Lisa B. T. You are up. Please go ahead. Hi. Uh, yeah. Good morning. This is Lisa B. T. Um, and I'm calling from um, Ontario, Canada, near Toronto. Uh, very grateful to be here, grateful for the service, and I am a compulsive overeater. Um, there's so much, you know, it's sort of embarrassing, really, honestly, given that a lot of um, my sort of ego-based activity has been on trying to look good. Um, and and this paragraph makes me think a little bit of um, 
you know, like somebody's coming over to my house, I'll clean up parts of it. But if there's a room they don't need to go into, like I could throw everything in there. Um, and and um, so I, I don't think I really recognized that so much in myself um, until I really heard this paragraph this morning that the willpower was there, but it was really coupled with, um, with the attempted willpower. Um, and um, I was remembering, I'd completely forgotten this, um, there were two, two people in my life, a, a very good friend and my mom, and they, they both really struggled. Um, and I saw myself in, in various ways with their life and, and sort of um, I saw myself as like really strong and together by comparison. And then one of them said to me, you know, well, we were kind of talking about you the other day and, and we kind of wondered if you kind of had a, if you were sort of flaky. And I was completely shocked because I thought um, they were. <laughs> and and I, I, I just sort of laughed it off. I thought, well, what are they even talking about? And it's only been years later that I've come to realize that everything I thought nobody saw, of course they did. Um, and it's very humbling, but it's also necessary. Um, it's necessary. These things, you know, in terms of am I willing to go to any lengths? You know, I, I'm grateful that it's all right today to say, um, yeah, um, look, you need to look at these things and they're true. And it's part of being honest and open-minded and willing. And um, one of my favorite phrases is that I've heard in these rooms is, you, you know, don't need to be anything more than human. You don't need to rise above that level. So those are the different pieces that I took from, from today. And as always, so um, amazing shares and so great to be listening in. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa BT. Elena C., you are up, followed by Tracy W., and that was Lisa BT in Ontario, Canada. All right, Elena, please go ahead. Good morning. My name is Elena C. from South Carolina Recovered, Compulsive Overeater for today. So this paragraph talks about Dr. Bob, and um, he was scared to, to do this program because he was a surgeon, and um, that's what somebody to told me, that he performed surgery under the influence. So he was terrified that he goes and makes amends to people and he's going to lose his job. And, you know, that is a very, very valid um, fear. Um, and once he agrees that uh, the willpower cannot, um, probably is not going to work in this era of stopping drinking, but he did not want to do the rest of the work because he was scared. And, you know, I so relate to that. My willpower... Um, was amazing was one of the best thing that i've ever had you know it was my willpower that got me um to succeed in school in 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 relationships you know with boys um later in life with everything and it it was just an illusion it was just an illusion and when i somebody told me you know the will needs to be smashed i'm like excuse me you know I was scared about that. What am I going to do? It's almost like losing parts of me. I lose my will. I lose parts of me. So it's, it's just getting into this. 
you know, doing something that different, it is scary. It is scary. And so what I needed to do is just to be willing. I became willing because I heard you on the line that were recovered and you walked the path that I wanted to walk. And so I, you know, my resistance breaks through slowly. And um, and so anyway, I didn't, I was scared to do the work. And that kind of thing that, well, you know, if I do this, a catastrophe is going to happen. It's a fear that is not coming from my higher power. When I recognize that, I could just be stay aware and pause and then access my higher power and ask, listen, in this fear of mine, where would you want me to be? The catastrophe of the future that my mind is making is about my mind. And my mind is very different than God. And so God wants me to just stay curious to whatever life brings for me, because I've always survived things that never happened, right? Um, it's just, you know, a fear while it's a common human emotion. It's helping me to access God and, you know, transform okay. into something and a person that I really wanted other people to be. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Elena, where are you from? Again, I missed it. Greenville, South Carolina. South Carolina, great. Thank you so much, Elena C. Now we have Tracy W. from the UK. Thank you, Amy. It's actually Rosie W. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> no problem at all. Uh, Rosie W. Also in Devon in the UK. Um, thank you for your service everyone who's on the line. Um, I'm really enjoying hearing all the different things that people um, have taken from this this paragraph. Um, for me, it, was, it centers around this sentence. Um, he told how he lived in constant worry about those who might find out about his alcoholism. And when I read that, I immediately thought about how I constantly worry that people might find out who I am, not about my eating or any of my other addictions, but about actually who I am at, at, at my most basic level. And then I started laughing because I remembered my first ever OA meeting, uh, which is nearly 14 years ago, uh, walking into a room and them asking in such a warm and friendly manner if there are any newcomers present and me refusing to speak up because there was no way I was going to be one of those losers. I mean, God save me. Um, and so, of course, no newcomer rep spoke to me. You know, nobody called me. I was just a, a woman in the room who didn't say anything. Um, and that meeting didn't go so well for me, nor did it nor did it um, help me on my journey very much. Um, it reminds me so of, um, I, I, I mean, I see actually things from my immediate past. And, and this is clearly, I feel, I feel like God put this in front of me today need a lot of help um you know just yesterday I bumped into a friend who asked how I was and I said actually I'm I'm really struggling um I've got quite a major health thing going on at the moment and and I'm finding it very different difficult because I'm very ill and having a lot of symptoms and 
above all, that I've had to stop eating probably 75% of my abstinent food and eat, learn to eat in a completely different way. And this has all happened quite quickly. And I told her that I was struggling. And when I drove away, my immediate thought was to pull over and send her a message saying, oh, sorry, sorry, I was, you know, I wasn't very positive. Um, whereas actually the fact was, I am struggling and that's the truth. And and I know that God has pointed out to me again and again and again in my life that human connection is absolutely essential for me to recover uh, from the hopeless state of mind and body in which I came into um, these rooms all those years ago. Um, I recently had to consult a dietitian who specialises in this illness that I've got at the moment, um, specialises supporting people with their diet. And I wasn't spiritually prepared. And I went in guns blazing, you know, needing her to know that I already know about all of this stuff because God forbid she thinks that I'm somebody who doesn't necessarily know that much about food. This comes up for me every single day. You know, when I get feedback from a step 10, am I saying, yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know. Or am I really open and listening to what the feedback is? Am I willing to acknowledge I don't know best? Um, no. And as I say, oh, thank you. Uh, I will leave it there then. Thanks. I pass. Thank you so much, Rosa W. from the UK. All righty, we're moving ahead to Ashley S. and then Crystal R. Go ahead, Ashley. Good morning. Ashley F. calling in from Kentucky. Uh, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, this paragraph really speaks to me today. And... What I recognize in myself um, is it's it's not but not that, it's but not now. And even today, um, again, this paragraph in particular, I have things that I am waking up to in my professional life, decisions that I have made in my illness that have impacted my ethics, my work, my decision-making um, recently and over the last, um, you know, I, I relapsed in 2016 and from 2016 to 2021, um, decisions I made in my, uh, you know, food addiction and, and self, addiction to self, um, have left me with, you know, facing realities that are scary to think about saying, hey, here's what happened because um, much like, you know, what Dr. Bob is saying here, uh, my my security depends on my employment, at least my financial security. And I tell myself that and so what I do is um, instead of just addressing it all and getting free, I kind of kick the ball down the down the street a little bit. Like, oh, I'll, I'll do it, and I'm willing. I'm so willing. I'll do whatever. I want to be free. But I'm going to kick the ball down the street a little bit, you know. Um, and it reminds me that uh, – that I don't have time to kick the ball anywhere. <laughs> I'm I'm tired of getting my butt kicked. 
and that people do see me. I know that when I came into this program, at first it was in 2006, and, you know, I was the woman who uh, at work would come to the luncheon, not eat anything, and then after everybody went away, I would be in the dark room, hunched down in my professional business attire with a fork with the cake literally opened this sheet cake that is for everybody but guess who's digging into it one bite at a time in secrecy bit down in the refrigerator in that room like a total dope fiend complete dope fiend and lateness running behind not tending to things that I'm actually getting paid to tend to because I am so obsessed with food and weight and how other people are perceiving me. Um, And the obsession that I'm not seen, that my character defects aren't seen as long as I, you know, put on a smile and the right color lipstick. Um, Even, yeah, time. Thanks for letting me share. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much, Ashley S. from Kentucky. Now we have Crystal R. and probably have time for a couple more. Please go ahead, Crystal. Hi, good morning. This is uh, Crystal R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto, Canada. When I read this about going to any lens, about doing whatever it takes to recover, I remembered my beginning in program when it wasn't even just a yes, but. It was everything that was suggested to me was just like a, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. Everything that my sponsor suggested was just like my immediate response in my head was, well, that's stupid. Like, obviously, I could do it this way, and that would be much better. Or it would be like, oh, you know, that's a great idea, but you know what, just tomorrow, just today, I can't do it because X, Y, Z, but tomorrow for sure. Or, you know, I know she wants me to do that, but she's trying to get me to get to this outcome, and I can get to that same outcome, but just doing it this way. And I would just play all of these games, and there was a little lawyer in my head that would come out and, and, you know, fight everything that I was told to do. And when I got really serious, when I realized that I just don't want to die of this disease, I was willing to put down all of my really great ideas and just do what I was told. And I remember at that point, um, I remember saying to myself, like, my mind is just fired. Like, it has no more say in what actions I take. In fact, it's okay. I can think it's the, the silliest idea in the world. I can debate it as much as I want after I get it done. As long as I get it done, I can sit and do whatever I want with that idea in my head, but I just have to get it done. And I remember when I got really, really desperate was when literally my sponsor could have said to me, you know, I think you should maybe cluck like a chicken and run down the street. I would have done it. And then I would have done it again. And then I would have called her up and said, do you think it would help if I did it one more time? That's how desperate I needed to be. And once I got to that place, I found that just recovery just happened on its own. I wasn't fighting anybody or anything. And all those ideas that sounded so crazy to me that were very reasonable ideas, but to my alcoholic mind sounded so crazy. They are the exact ideas that started to save me. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you so much, Crystal R. from Toronto, Canada. Okay, so we've got time for a few more. Well, probably one, maybe two share. Who would like to take us out? Linda D. Linda D. I heard Linda D., and then there was another voice. Who was that? 
Sonia S. from Pennsylvania. Okay. Maria. All right, Maria, I don't think we'll have time. I'm sorry. I'll try to do the second hour. That would be great. So, Linda D., you are up. Please go ahead, followed by Sonia S. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. in Connecticut, and I'm recovered from this horrible disease. I'm an addict, a food addict, compulsive eater. I am so thrilled to be here and to be with you. I don't ever want to be alone, totally, humanly alone for a long, long period of time without you because your wisdom is a very healing bomb on my soul sore, S-O-R-E. Um, I'm here because fear ran my life and that's all it that it could be because I had an undiagnosed disease. This is a disease, it's a killer. It took me a long time to realize that. A lot of things that are in place with healthy meetings that now exist like this one uh, didn't exist even though OA existed. And I did everything I was supposed to do to the best of my ability. I sponsored, I helped set up meetings in a, a number of towns around here and they all disappeared. Why? Because this disease is treacherous. And it's as treacherous today as it was then. Um, I think the thing is I have a choice. I have a choice between imagining that I know what's, what's going to happen today. Every day you, we read at the end, God will constantly reveal more to you and to us. Do we realize, Linda, do you realize you know only a little and that God knows the picture and wants you to be happy and healthy and you're going to have to walk through the fear again today because it's always in the background. It's in the background like a time bomb. Are you going to follow God? Are you going to follow the love, the unconditional love, or are you going to mess up? I am not going to mess up. Not if it's the last thing I ever do. I never want to walk the earth alone without God again. It's unbelievably wonderful. And it takes work. And I'm so grateful to be able to do it. Not always happy to do it, but grateful when I do it. Because it works every time. And it's God is just so dazzling. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Linda D. from Connecticut. Uh, Sonia, we've got about a minute and a half. Could you please oh, take us out? Sure. Thank you. This is Sonia S., Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater, and I'm so grateful to be at this meeting. I am on day 19 of being absent, which is such a miracle, and this passage reminds me of um, before I came into OA, I was in another program, food program, for 11 years, it was a 12 step program and they gave me a sponsor of food plan and tools and the message, but not the solution. And the solution um, is working the steps and God. And I was always so frustrated. Why can't I get abstinent? Why can't I get abstinent? It's because I was living on my own willpower and I couldn't stop. And I kept on losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight. And it wasn't until I came into OA that I started to have a spiritual experience. And today I see little miracles everywhere. And a fellow mentioned um, 
uh, a phrase called God sightings. There's God sightings everywhere. And I love that. And I see that. Um, so today what I'm doing differently is I'm following um, my sponsor's directions. There's no but. There can't be. God is everything or God is nothing. And I'm currently on step three. Thank you, God. And um, just so grateful that God has given me the strength to do this um, while I'm undergoing chemotherapy. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Sonia S. All right. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second awesome unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, 7 a.m., September 21st, 2023 meeting is 20,665. That's 20665. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Barb W., will you please read a vision for you for us? Thank you so much. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until.